Welcome to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get help and guidance through the chaos of parenting a child with anxiety or OCD. This show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the guidance of a qualified professional. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about a topic that can seem very simple, but it's actually a lot more complicated than that. And it's about how to help our kids be kind, which can seem like a very easy, important value that we're all teaching our kids. But there are a lot of nuances to teaching our kids emotional intelligence and teaching them how to be kind in a world that's not always going to model that in a situation where everybody else maybe isn't being kind. Would our children know what to do? Would they know to stand up for their values? That's kind of a passion of mine. And I know it doesn't have anything to do with anxiety or OCD, but kindness is a big deal to me and teaching my kids and the kids in this world, how to be brave and how to be kind when maybe they're not seeing that. Maybe the situation isn't a kind situation and all the people around them are jumping on the bandwagon and being cruel to a person. Would my child be brave enough to be that one child who isn't going to join in, who isn't going to participate, who might even be the brave voice that says, Hey, that's not kind, or that's not cool, or a kind word to that person. That has been kind of my separate mission in this world. And I have just recently written a book called It's Brave to Be Kind. And that is for kids who are between the ages of five and seven. And it's going to be released very soon. So you can pre-order it on Amazon. It's Brave to Be Kind. I am coming out with another book for older kids on the same topic. So stay tuned for that in October. But I wanted to talk to you today about the values of creating emotional intelligence and how we can foster kindness in our kids. And it's not as simple as just telling them to be kind. You should be kind. You should be kind to your brother. You should be kind to your sister. You should be kind to that new friend. You should be kind to that kid that's new in your class. It's diving deeper because kindness is It's sticking up for someone when other people are tearing them down. Kindness is going out of your way to do something nice and not expecting anything in return. So it can get pretty sophisticated. So I want to go through just a couple of points that that I feel like we can all do as parents. And the first one is to really have conversations around kindness. A lot of times we assume that our kids will just innately be a kind person. And so we spend a lot of time teaching them about their ABCs and we teach them a lot about their manners and, you know, eat with your mouth closed and tie your shoes. And here's how to ride a bike without training wheels. But we don't spend a lot of time typically talking about the layers of empathy and kindness that, that we need to emulate and we need to project out into this world for this world to be a wonderful place. So having conversations about kindness is an important thing. And we can model that at home, how we treat each other, right? Instead of just saying that wasn't kind, what you did to your brother, we can dive deeper and we can say, look at his face. Those words really hurt his heart. You know, that made him feel really insecure. That might make him feel like embarrassed by whatever they were talking about. So highlighting the emotional response that their actions had can be helpful. 
Um, instead of just kind of throwing some platitudes and saying, be kind to your brother or say you're sorry. Those are very surface. We want to dive deeper with our kids. And even when my, my daughter in particular, my youngest daughter, she really doesn't have a filter. I've been working on this with her and she says things and she's not trying to be unkind, but it can be perceived that way. They tend to be hurtful things because she's very observant. So she'll point out all your flaws in a curiosity sort of way. Hmm, I wonder why, you know, your hips are that big. (laughs) I wonder why you have that mole on your nose. Or I wonder why there's like, you know, my dad's hair is thinning out. Like she's legitimately curious, but she's eight and she's getting older. She's not two or three. And so she has to learn how those words have impact on other people, even if her intention is not to be cruel. So I have conversations with her and I, and even when her words don't hurt my heart because I'm working on my self-confidence and I'm like, I'm okay with my thighs now. I'm okay with my jiggles. It's okay. I still want her to know how that would impact somebody. So I'll have conversations with her and I'll say that can be really cruel. And even though you're not trying to be cruel, that can hurt someone's feelings. That can make them feel really self-conscious. It can make them feel uncomfortable. It can make them feel even worse about the way they look. So diving into the impact our words and our behaviors have on other people. I also go into this with my 16 year old because sometimes she doesn't realize that her joking can have a sharp tone to it. And that even though she's laughing, her audience and her target is not laughing. So pay attention to who you are joking with and pay attention to their responses, because if they're not laughing with you, then you're laughing at them. And that's cruel. That's not being jokey. That's being cruel. So we have a lot of these conversations in my house. And that's the first thing I'd recommend is starting to highlight that as a value in your family. We talk a lot about, I don't use the word values in my house, but we talk a lot about things that are important. And in my house, honesty and kindness or empathy, those are super important. Those are probably the most important rules, not rules. I guess that's the wrong word. Those are the most important attributes or personality traits that I'm trying to embody. And I'm trying to get my kids to emulate. I want my kids to grow up to be kind people. Like if I do anything right, I don't care what they do regarding their career. I just want them to be kind, empathetic people. (laughs) If I can leave my mark on this world and that's, that's what I leave are three kids who get it and who are not afraid to stand up for what's right and are not afraid to stand up against the grain when they see an injustice or they see someone being treated poorly, they are the first one to want to jump in and help that person. Then I know I've done a good job. Like that's my goal. And that may not be your goal, but it is a good goal to have as part of the values that we're trying to imprint on our kids. So the second way that we can do that, besides just talking about these values and how they're important and in our house and diving deeper is modeling it. So a lot of times we don't practice what we preach just because we're adults doesn't mean that we're kind hearted ourselves. So paying attention to your own behavior, kids are observant and they practice not what we preach, but what we, what we do. So watch your own behaviors because we can't just teach these things. We have to live these things. So when we gossip and we talk about our family or we talk about our neighbors or our friends in a callous, unkind sort of way in front of our kids, and then they see us being really kind to their faces, our kids take note. 
or when we curse at people who are driving, or we, we are really rude to people who serve us, or we make fun of people. Our kids watch that and they're going to emulate that because they're going to see your behavior. They're going to think that's the way that I'm supposed to act regardless of what you say. Hey, we treat everybody kindly, or we need to be nice to people or watch our words. When they see you not doing that, they're not going to follow what you say. And we can't always be perfect. I know I'm not. Sometimes I lose my cool and sometimes I'll have to, you know, have a conversation with my kids and say, I lost my cool. I was not nice to that person. You know, I was like really upset they did this and I shouldn't have said that. I should have said it this way. So the goal is not that we have to be perfect, but the goal is that we model humanness and we, we can always correct our behavior, whether we are yelling at our kids and we have a bad moment, we can always go back and apologize and say, I'm sorry that I was mamazilla for a minute. I lost my cool. I'm having a rough day. Shouldn't have done that. It's not okay or fair to you. Like those are learning moments. You know, I've talked to some parents recently in my AT parenting community and one parent was saying that they have to, they feel like they have to be perfect. And I was saying, you know, actually we're doing more damage by trying to be perfect to our kids and not have any cracks or any imperfections than being human and showing our kids kind of a little bit of our raw self and saying, this is who I am. I make mistakes. I treat people poorly sometimes, or I treat you poorly sometimes. And then I feel bad about it because I have a conscience and that doesn't align with who I want to be. And that's part of life. We're going to, we're going to have an idea of who we want to be, and then we're going to be who we are. And that won't always align. And that's okay. That's part of having values is that it's like a baseline. It's an anchor. And so when we veer away from that, we want to go and move towards the center again and towards our baseline, because that's our comfort zone is this is what's important to me. And so even though I veered off to the left or the right, I'm coming back to center because that's who I want to be. And we can teach our kids that, and that's an important thing to teach. So the other thing I want to mention is how you can do this. So you can role play scenarios, real or imagined. So when they've had a situation where somebody was being cruel or they were being cruel to someone, whether it's in your house or with a friend, then you can use that as an example to role play and say, that was rough. You know, I bet that that girl felt really uncomfortable. Let's role play that. And let's talk about how you could have approached that differently. Or if your child is the only one to stick up for that kid, praise that and say, I love the way that you did and be specific. What did they do? that was impressive. You know, I love the way that you said that everybody should stop, or I love the way that you said, Hey, that's not cool. Or I love the way that you invited her to play with you, even though everybody else was saying that she couldn't play. So with your compliments, when we're trying to build skills, you want to be as specific as possible so that your child is not just getting kind of this flat compliment, which is great, but it doesn't have long-term staying power. But when we say, I love that you did this, you know, I love that you included her, even though other people weren't, that was brave of you. And that probably made her feel incredibly comfortable and that she belonged, you know, that somebody wanted her to play. So we're highlighting not only what they did and what actions they took, but how they probably made that other person feel so that our kids can get the understanding that our actions and words have an impact on other people, whether they can see it or not. It's good to go into online behavior because a lot of our kids don't realize that the same thing applies online. Just because you're anonymous behind a keyboard does not mean 
that you're not impacting a real life person. I'll talk to my kids because they play Roblox, they play Minecraft, and there's a chat feature. And so a lot of times on Minecraft and even Roblox, but especially in Minecraft, there's, there could be a cruel component to it where people are stealing other people's stuff. There's a name for that. <laughs> what is the name for that? I don't know. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember, but I should stop. <laughs> I'm not that cool, but that's almost like a a culture on Minecraft to pillage and to be cruel and to like steal people's stuff or ruin their, the, whatever they built, depending on where they're playing. And so I talk to my kids and I say, you know, those like names that you're seeing, those are real people. Those are like other people in their living rooms or in their bedrooms playing as well. And, you know, like Roblox, they can kind of corner somebody, they can corner a kid and they can like make it so that he can't get out of a certain game. I don't know the details because I don't play that, but my kids will tell me. And sometimes I'll see them doing things that seem cruel to me in the game. And I'll say, you know, that 115 go get them. That person is actually a real person. And they're not just that username. They actually are a kid who's sitting behind a computer and whose feelings can get hurt by the way you're treating them as well. So getting kids to recognize that there's no anonymity behind a screen, that it's impacting a real life person. So I don't think we talk enough about that. And there's way too much cyberbullying. There's way too much mob mentality when it comes to the internet. And we can have these conversations with our kids when they're young, when they're more likely to listen to us. All too often, we have these conversations too far into it where they're like a tween or a teen and they don't want to hear from us. We don't know anything. Who are we to say that anything because we're just an old fart, or at least that's what my kids say in my house. But if you start having these conversations at five, six, and seven, you know, I start talking about drugs and alcohol at a very young age at my house to make it super taboo. So by the time they are a teenager, they're kind of like, oh my gosh, drugs, super bad. (laughs) Instead of waiting until they're about 13, we're like, now my, my opinion does not count as much as their peers do. It is the same thing when it comes to empathy and kindness. Kindness is not a trait that you can bank on that just because you're raising your child to be like just this nice person that they're going to do the right thing in every situation. So I would also role play scenarios where maybe kindness is not an easy thing to do. And so you can role play, you can come up with scenarios and you can say, what would you do if you know, a bunch of kids on the playground were being really mean to this kid and they were calling him all these names. And maybe he was a bit of a weird kid. Maybe he was just different. Would you be able to say anything? And if you did, what would you say? Or what would you do if you saw blah, blah, blah. So giving them scenarios and role-playing them could be a great way. And you can create a game out of it. I mean, we're all kind of bored right now with COVID and all staying home. You can make cards, stock cards with scenarios, kind of like, you know, the what if game or would you rather, it could be something similar to that where you make cards and there's scenarios. Here's a situation. Somebody is sitting here and they drop a wallet and you find it and there's no name in there and there's a hundred dollar bill. What do you do? You can just make different situations. I think the area that needs to be focused on the most is the area where everybody else is being cruel or mean. And so it normalizes it. And I am saddened by what I'm seeing in the world right now. I feel like a lot of hate is being normalized and a lot of cruelty is, is commonplace. And we have to work on our kids because they're the next generation and we don't want the world to evolve this way. And so we have a part to play in making sure that our kids aren't going to be like that. And 
it has to be an active, proactive approach. It can't be a, well, I'm sure my kid's going to be better than that. I'm sure my child's going to be nice because we're nice people. You have to talk to them about what they would do when everybody else is normalizing cruelness and everybody else is normalizing meanness. What will they do? So role-playing can be a good thing. And this is why I wrote my books. Um, I do have one coming out in October for older kids, but it's brave to be kind is a kindness story an activity book for kids who are between the ages of five and seven. And I wanted to write one that was for that young age. The older version is more in depth, but the younger one is to plant those seeds early. And it's not this book. That's just like rainbows and butterflies. And it's great to be kind. And let's all just be nice to our friends and let's do random acts of kindness. And let's just share No, it's a story. The main character I modeled after my own daughter, Alex. She even looks like her. I had the illustrator create a character that looks like my daughter because my daughter likes to be different. And so she likes to shave one side of her head and have long hair on the other side. She wanted to have that haircut when she was really little. And I was like, let's just wait a little bit and we'll do it in the summer just to see. So she likes to be different and she did eventually get that haircut and she loves it. She loves to be different and she's, she's very self-confident, but not everybody likes that. And she's not afraid to voice her opinion or help the child who's being treated poorly. And I love that about her. So in the book, it's brave to be kind. It is a story about a child who's new to the class, who's from a different country, speaks different language, who looks different and how these kids do not welcome this child in, you know, he's different and different means uncomfortable. And so they're cruel to him and she decides to be kind to him and she gets nervous because they turn on her. And that happens a lot in our life where our kids try to do the right thing and then they become the target. And are we preparing them to handle that? And when we plant seeds to five and seven-year-olds and we start talking about these things, like it's brave to be kind. It's not easy to always be kind. Sometimes doing the right thing won't feel good. It'll feel scary. And sometimes other people won't recognize that you're doing the right thing and it will feel wrong. And so that's what the story is about. Her trusting her gut, having a dilemma about whether she should continue to stick up for this child because she's becoming the target. And I feel like that is something that we don't talk about enough and prepare our kids for enough is how are we going to handle those tough situations? Because I do feel like, unfortunately, as we get more and more divided as a country and as a world, that's going to happen more often. And I want to raise a child that's going to be brave enough to be kind, even when other people aren't. So I hope that you check out my book. If you can pre-order it, on Amazon, if you're going to get it anyway, the pre-orders actually do help. It boosts the sales of the book and it helps Amazon rank it before it even comes out. So if spreading kindness in the world is a mission that you share with me, you can support my work and my mission to create a kinder world by pre-ordering the book. And I will leave a link in the show notes so that you can find it. So just click the show notes and you can click the link, or you can go to my website at atparentingsurvival.com slash podcasts, and you can find the episode there and the link will be there as well. So I hope that you found that podcast episode helpful. I do feel like I'm very passionate about kindness. So I do feel like you will take what I said and make it a mission for yourself and your family as well. It's, it can't be a passive mission. It's something that we can do. There's not a lot that we can do, but we can do this. And I hope that it makes a big change. That's my hope anyway.
So if you're enjoying the podcast, I would greatly appreciate your kindness by hitting a star on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Speaking of kindness, right? How often do we just take, 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 and we don't give back? And giving back can be very simple. It can be just recognizing that you like the podcast and saying, you know, I like the work that she does. She puts out something every single week to help me parent. And how can I help her back? Well, you can help me by actually just hitting a star on iTunes because that ranks the podcast. It lets other people, including iTunes, know that this is a valuable podcast that has, that's helping other people and it lets other people discover the show. If you have a few extra seconds, a crazy kind thing to do is to leave a review and let other parents know what you're valuing in this show. And I love that. So I hope that you have a fantastic day. I hope you find the sparkle in everything you do. And I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care. Thank you for listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. To get additional support raising a child with anxiety or OCD, visit Natasha's online school of on-demand classes at atparentingsurvivalschool.com.